Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Yeah, I love it. And it's good. Dude, I used to love Laguna. That was like my shit. Yeah. What's not yeah. to like boiler rocks and shit everywhere? <laughs> mm-hmm. So, okay, we'll start. Welcome cool. to Cast and Crank Podcast. Today we have Brandon Hayward. Hey. <laughs> with uh, the bite. Is it bite sport fishing? Yeah, the bite sport fishing. And then, and uh, then the magazines the, of the bite. Yeah, bite journal. Awesome. Yeah. So this is a cool one. You know, you, I got another secretive sea bass guy on, huh? Well, you know, we'll see. <laughs> There's a few left. <laughs> Let's uh let's talk about how it all started for you, like love of fishing. Sure. Young. Yeah. Uh, well, I think everyone's backstory always starts with my with their dad, and I'm I'm no different. Um, grew up fishing with him. The, kind of the big thing is to fast forward is when I was 16 years old. I t- told my parents I wanted to work on an overnight boat. I'd been doing some deadheading. Deadheading is like this old school thing that used to happen. You'd go on the boat, fish for free scrub the boat at the end of the day and that okay. was kind of how you paid for your ticket i befriended a, a japanese american guy named chuck chan mm-hmm. when i was like 14 he was probably in his late 20s early 30s and he kind of had this connection to go on sport boats and deadhead and ride for free met him at steak lake fishing largemouth bass started doing this with him he brought me down to h&m i got to meet uh, ray sobiak and kind of the crew on the producer and uh he asked for a job for me when i was 15 and a half ray said when he's 16 no problem oh and my dad drove me down there, uh, summer of 1996, literally dropped me off, dude, like stopped in front of H&M. <laughs> See you later. Didn't, later. Didn't, didn't walk down to like meet Ray or like wonder what this boat is. My you kid's going me. on. None of, none of that. They always gave me a really long leash, you know? Yeah. Rest his soul. Um, Your dad passed? He did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Pancreatic cancer. Like just oh, like the dude. fucking worst kind of cancer you can get. How long ago was that? That was a, a year and a half ago. Does that make you want to get your like blood work done now and kind of like check on yourself a little more? Yeah, especially but, immediately. And, you know, once you start pushing 40, I'll right, be 40 dude. coming up here. That's when you start thinking, like, I'm already halfway there. If I even want to get there, like, 80 doesn't look that bitch in anyways. <laughs> depending on your uh, hobbies. Right, right, right. Depending right. on what hobbies right, you like to do. Exactly. No, because, yeah, I, I, uh, I got my blood work done, I think, like, two weeks ago. Just because I'm like, I haven't done it in two years. And I'm like, I know I'm fat. Just tell me if I'm something else is wrong. Like, am, no, I, am I they, dying too? Yeah. They're like, no, I have bad anxiety. So I take Lexapro and stuff. Yeah. But uh, that, my health anxiety real bad. But yeah, I mean, stuff like that, I'm sure it makes you think again and go, you know, I should keep an eye on it. Just, you never know. You it just know? changes you on every right. level. The whole, like the appreciate it, appreciate every day thing is kind of cliche, but it's the truth, man. You know? Did uh, your dad got to hang out with their kids though and stuff, right? Yeah. My oh, dad cool. got, my dad got to see me if i had to write a script like what do i want my father to see me do go to school graduate college mm-hmm. you know work on the boats parents never handed me money or anything they paid for me to go to college but it was always on me to like have my own spending money do all that other stuff yeah uh he got to watch me do everything i want him that's to cool, do dude. graduate from school get a job start two businesses my dad was a small business guy and it didn't work out for him which you know happens when you start small businesses but he got to see me succeed in awesome. both of mine so I miss him every day. I lost him when he was 69, but you know, appreciate your dad's Which is guys. A good, a good, like when people say that nowadays, I'm like, I, I wouldn't mind passing at 69, dude. That's pretty old, you know, like it's a me, good, I think when you're it's there, it's a good ride. You totally. know what I'm saying? I think, what, I think the human, the human will to live is really fucking strong. Yes. So when you're 40, you look at it and you're just like, I don't know, it doesn't look that great. But I think time. when you're like 74, you're like, I'd like to do everything <laughs> one more time. Yeah. So hopefully we get there. Yeah. But yeah, they, they dropped me off that summer, and that turned into a summer job from 1996 to 2004. Shit. Every, that was my summer. 
I always joke sport boats kind of stole my youth, but it was pretty sweet too. I remember I go back to, I went to UC Santa Barbara. I remember one albacore season. I went back at like $17,000. Oh my Which God. is a lot of money when you're 21, yeah, 20, 21 years old. It's a lot of money old. now, dude. Nat- natu- <laughs> natural light kegs were thirty nine ninety five at the Ivy Market. <laughs> it was fun. Natty light, bro. <laughs> yeah. That's what I should have brought. <laughs> so yeah, so that, that's how I started. And I just kind of, I, I went kind of through the ranks of uh, working on sport boats, overnight boat. I worked on the producer, which doesn't run th- that much now. But uh-huh. at the time it was like they ran the most. And Ray was a psychopath. He was like a 120-pound uh, like Polish guy. Smoked three packs of Reds a day. Yelled at people. Just old school. And like, he ran the producer. He owned it. Oh, he, owned he was it. the owner, owner-operator. He started out uh, running a, a Navy boat. There was a Navy sport boat that ran out of uh, San Diego Bay that took civilians fishing. Like back in the day. Wow. Old school. When, back then, there was like four or five like really old school, hardcore um, overnight skippers mm-hmm. and none of them are left now buzz sold the prowler last year and he was like the last one oh, and wow. the and the most mellow really yeah <laughs> so yeah things have just changed so much you never saw a skiff then and just if, <laughs> if, if you didn't if you were offshore fishing albacore and you saw a skiff you're like oh my god these guys are psychos but it's like yeah. a 30 foot something it's just changed the way that people come up fishing and el nino had a lot to do with that for better or worse mm-hmm. and it's not that things are better now or worse now or that was better it's just different you know yeah but that's how i came up i came up working on sport boats and then uh when i finished school i, I worked on the excel for a full season traveled did a round the world trip met my wife on that trip uh came back got a job working for you uh, met, did she did she live here or is she out of my wife's german oh no way dude, you I, met her in germany dude i met my wife on an <laughs> airplane flying from uh germany to south africa dude that's awesome she speaks she was straight up german dude she was going back to did you know how to speak german not a lick so you just kind of like we're like hey i I still i still don't dog (laughs) i don't know if that's good man she might she probably tells the kids some bad shit about dad they speak (laughs) yeah they speak everything in my house is german (laughs) i speak a little bit you know i took a classic community college but i'm just kind of like it was hard man and how long you been married i've been married for uh 11 years Dude, that's awesome. Yeah. That's a crazy story. Three kids. Met her on the airplane. I mean, this could be the whole podcast in its own right, you know? <laughs> I went, I, I did this round the world trip. I, I traveled with the cook from the Excel, Jason Fleck, anyone who went on the boat like back in the day. The, yeah. His brother still runs it. Okay. The Flecks have a long-standing like San Diego lineage, lineage to fishing. The best live bait fisherman I've ever seen, mm-hmm. Jason Fleck. First guy to ever fish a yummy flyer on the West oh, Coast. Oh, wow. Jason that's Fleck, interesting. From the deck of the Excel, I was on the trip at Alejos Rocks. Excellent fisherman, comes from a largemouth bass background, which okay. most of the really good saltwater guys do. You feel that's that's kind of hundred hundred percent. Largemouth bass is so technical and small little things. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, I was traveling with him. He, he had an aisle seat. I had an aisle seat, and then she sat down next to me. Lucky, it, lucky. <laughs> so, how did you communicate? Oh, dude, if you're from if you live in Europe, you speak like four languages. Oh, she already spoke English. Yeah. yeah, not as good as she does now. Isn't that crazy though in Europe that you speak so many? Like I used to ride bikes and these dudes dude. would come for Europe and, and stuff. I'd be like, dude. Seamlessly from yeah. English to Portuguese to French. Dude, wild. Yeah. Yeah. Wild. It makes you feel really stupid very fast, <laughs> is what it does. Hey, stupid American. Sounds pretty true to me, huh? <laughs> yeah. So so that's kinda that part of the story. That's cool, man. Yeah. So uh after your, you, you, what did you go to school for? I was a legal studies major. I wanted to be a fish and game warden or a probation officer. That's what my dad did after um, okay. he owned his own small businesses. And he was like, I want to work for the state. I want to, I want to you know, retirement and all that stuff, Benefit which is why the path that I went, went really against the grain of his own narrative. Mm-hmm. I was like, Hey, I want to leave Western outdoors. I want to start my own business and start my own magazine. He's like, Ugh. how now, when did you get to Western outdoors? How old oh, were you then? I started. So I came back from traveling. I went back to work on the Excel. 23, 22, I was 23, okay. 23. This it was uh 2004. Okay. I went back. The, the deal was I was going to travel, go back to work on the boat, have my application in with fishing game and hopefully get the job. Okay. Halfway through school, I kind of realized that I didn't want to be a fishing game warden because I didn't believe in the MPA, marine, you know, marine life protected yeah. areas. It's hard to enforce something when you're like, you want to fish that stuff no, yourself, yeah. you know? So that went, that was out the door. So I was going to either go back to grad school and be a teacher or probation officer. I wanted a firefighter type schedule so I could always work on sport boats. Um, so 
I came back. I started. I was working on the Excel. Sean Stewart was running it at the time. He owns the Aloha Spirit mm-hmm. in at Cisco's and Justin. And then I was the third captain, and there was like no one else on the boat that had a license. So when I came back, they're like, "Fuck! Thank God you're back." You know, like <laughs> one of us can get a trip off. Yeah. Um, and it was there too. They're like, "Hey, if you want, you know, there's always been three guys that run this boat. You can be the next guy." That was never like a goal of mine. So I went back to work on there, which is kind of weird because you did it for so long. It was a, yeah, you know it was a like summer job for me though. So there was always an end. And I knew like, if I could just like work hard, save all this money, like party time was around the corner. I'm going to go do fun shit. It wasn't like, I didn't want to be on a boat. So you enjoyed doing it, but you liked seeing the end in the, in totally. The, okay. I loved it. And I got yeah. to see good stuff and I got to see a style of fishing that doesn't really happen anymore mm-hmm. at a lot of places. So I'm super thankful to do it. And without that, I wouldn't be in the spot that I'm in now. Yeah. I probably wouldn't have got the job at Western Outdoors. And like we said, before we got on, that was like a big springboard for me. Mm-hmm. So... But I didn't want to spend my life working on a long range boat, and that's not to like begrudge anyone. It's just that no. was that wasn't for me. So I could per- understand that a hundred percent. It's like I, I didn't really want to go on tour. Right. <laughs> I did. I'd like being home. Right. Even with the kids now, I'm like mad. You know, I'll go out and I'll be like, Man, I should have fucking just stayed home, and drink beers, and hung out with the kids. Totally. Or, you know, like so. It's, I get what you're saying when it, you say that's you love doing something, but you just don't like being out. It's like yeah. I've traveled a decent amount. I've been to mm-hmm. a lot of countries. People say, where's your favorite place to travel to? Home. <laughs> you know? There's no place like going home. It's yeah, the best. Yeah, I agree 100%. Um, so, I didn't want to be a fishing game warden. And I was kind of like looking at other options. And then, uh, I'll never forget, we baited up on a five-day trip. I'd been on the boat for like 20 days. I opened up a Western Outdoor News and on like page five. It was like, we're looking for a staff writer. Must have a college degree. I'm like, just got one of those. <laughs> Must like hunting. I had a like real passion for hunting at the time. I still do. It's just time and it's kind of yeah. hard to hunt when you live in South Orange County <laughs> and, and must um, have a knowledge of fishing. I'm like, all right, let's yeah. apply. I, I went in for the interview. I met Pat, my boss, Pat McDonald. He was the longstanding editor there. He was the editor for like 30 something years. Okay. On the flip, growing up, like I read Rich Holland stuff, the, the saltwater editor and Pat stuff. And they were like kind of like heroes. There was nothing else at the time. And, um, had an interview with him, which was kind of like surreal. I was like, fuck, Pat McDonald's interviewing me right now. This is pretty cool. <laughs> he brought me upstairs to meet the owner of the company. His father had started the business in like 1953 or something. Wow. So I walked out of there. I was kind of like strutting a little bit. I'm like, I met the owner. Pat was super cool. We have this, I kind of like felt this little like connection with him. You yeah. know, I'm like, maybe there's a shot. Worked. I, mean, I worked a six day trip, no phone call. It was, this was when I like had a cell phone yeah. for like a year or something, you know? And it was no. 2004. We didn't have like, it wasn't so instant. Yeah, no, not at all. So check, check voicemail between trips, between trips, flip the phone open, you know, a little silver <laughs> motor. No, nothing, no, nothing. So I worked three, three or four trips. I was on the boat for 20 something days. And I'll never forget about to get on the freeway. And I'm just like, you know, I'm just going to call them and say like thanks for the interview if there's like some sort of like freelance writing opportunities or something i'll, I'll take whatever i can get let me know mm-hmm. he answers the phone i'll introduce myself again he's like oh oh yeah you got the job i was in tahiti with my wife for two weeks i've been meaning to call you you're <laughs> Which like knowing that oh is just totally God. him <laughs> so uh yeah i i worked the last stretch on the excel and um kind of like started adulting and got a con riding got yeah got a, i got an apartment up from the san clemente pier moved to san clemente um uh, family friends of mine had lived there and I always thought it was a cool town. It just worked out that yeah. that's where Western Outdoors was. And uh, yeah, came in there, wrote about like trout and just basic stuff. Started at $35,000 a year, which at the time was like barely enough to make it. But at that time it was kind of like making like 70 now probably yeah, or something. Right? That's like not bad at it, all. It yeah. wasn't bad at all. Yeah. And I'd w- still work on the boats on weekends. Like I'd work on one of the six packs in Long Beach or do whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, I always played poker on the side. So I'd always have like a little cash play <laughs> or some sort of something. So it was Hustle. A, it, Hustling. Totally. <laughs> so it was a good deal. And at the time there was a magazine too. Rich Holland, the saltwater editor took over editorship for the magazine. And then I stepped into the saltwater editor role. And as long as that publication's been around, at the time it had been around for 50 years, there had only been like four saltwater editors, Rich, Chuck Garrison, like going back. So it was a pretty cool role to be in, and uh, it was a good job. I had a good time. I liked it there. But uh, when you want to do your own thing, sometimes it's kind of tough to stick it out, too. That's where you felt you're a little more artistic and you wanted to... I started to feel shackled in terms of like the director of sales and marketing was like telling me what to write and this it, this advertiser's here, let's do it like that. And as soon as you don't have... It, there's not a separation of church and state on that kind of editorial tip, you're fucked. 
So you're not writing what you think. You're writing what needs you're, to be. You're writing like glorified press releases a yeah. lot of time. And that just wasn't me. Mm-hmm. So bring it back kind of like micro, micro full circle. The, the <laughs> Surfer's Journal was one, one building over. Mm-hmm. Probably like three months before I quit Western Outdoors. I was there for nine years. Um, Scott Hewlett, editor of Surfer's Journal, left a voicemail on my, on my work voicemail. And I was like, oh, this is great. Surfer Journal wants to start a fishing magazine. <laughs> they want me to edit it. I can, it's like perfect. You yeah, know? yeah. He wanted to go to, uh, where do you, oh, God damn it. He wanted to go to like Louisiana, right about the Chandelier Islands, like uh, a thin lip, like point break, and there's fishing there. So we thought we could kind of parlay our interests together and come up with some sort of story. Yeah. And I was just like, dude, it, if it's not involving advertising, it doesn't work like that here, dog. But here's an idea that I have. I really want to start my own <laughs> fishing magazine. If you've ever seen the Surfer's Journal, it's the greatest piece of print ever put out, uh-huh. writing and photos and the whole thing. And uh, so I talked to him. He introduced me to the the founder and, and the owner, Steve Pesman. Mm-hmm. I think they took pity on a guy who was in his like mid- early 30s at the time that wanted to get involved in print, and they helped me get started in the first issue. Like We did it all in sta- in-house there. I pretty much plugged into their machine of what works. And uh, that's how we created the bite. What year was that? Uh, that was two. I started the charter business in 2013, 2012, and then I got the Parker in 13. So that was 2013, late 2013. Wow. 2014. 2014. So you've been doing it for a minute. You're pretty like uh, established as the magazine, you know? Like yeah. I've never really, lo- I've seen it over the years. Yeah. Just now that I'm more coming into tackle shops, I see it more, you know, or performance it, or wherever it might be. It right? only comes out twice a year if we're lucky. So, mm-hmm. but still, dude, I'm, I can't imagine the work you got to put it because it's not the same as just a regular magazine. So, like, explain right. your idea, the idea you had to make the magazine. Like, what what kind of I wanted the direction. I want. I mean, I looked at Surfer's Journal and surfing a lot from that. So this is not an original concept that I came up with. I wanted something pure that didn't have any sort of editorial. I wasn't going to prom- promise advertisers or sponsors anything. And I wanted everything in like a fishing magazine that like I never saw. And I wanted to do something that was for like the fishing captain, the fishing guide, the dude who grew up fishing. And that's that's what it is. Yeah. And you have a lot of cool different articles too at the same time. Yeah. We think about different ways to spin stuff. So nothing's ever written the way it is like in a traditional magazine. Like the one that I love Deckers. You know, uh, the one that Eric wrote. That he I did really, a good job. It's yeah. like your podcast. We we have a little bit, maybe we have like a little bit of a filter, you know, but not much of <laughs> one, not much of one at all because yeah. I have no agenda and I make no promises to anyone. Which is great. Yeah. That's like what I love about doing the podcast. I can say whatever I want. And, of course. And you don't shit on anyone. You don't, you know, it's just, you get to say your opinion. I don't know. I'll throw a little jab here and there. <laughs> oh man it's just hard so much has changed in the fishing landscape and when you've kind of been around for a little while even yeah. though i'm only 40 almost, no, I mean 20, almost 40 20 something years of being in totally that's, I just that's got, a long time i just got my fourth issuance of a captain's license and there's no one else in the small boat charter landscape that can cite that so when you've seen things the way they are and the way they are now you just kind of have a different outlook on stuff yeah so you did this at the same time you started your charter business. Char- I did the charter business simultaneously with the newspaper, which didn't go over incredibly well there, but they're kind of like, whatever. Um, my wife, we had our first child and she went, oh my God, we had dude. her first kid and she um, went back to grad school, like at the same time to get her uh, master's in education. So it was just me and we had just bought a condo. Remember when everything was like a fire sale and there were short sales yep. and such? Yeah, like yeah, I yeah. snatched up, a, I got a condo in San Clemente for $260,000, which will never happen dude. again. <laughs> but I had to come up with 20% down and it was like, I was strapped at the time yeah. and I had to come up with some sort of way to come up with this extra money. And I'd, I'd always been like a part-time poker player at the same time, the poker online. landscape, online. never, never, oh, I, I, prob- I probably lost like $3,500 trying to play online. It wasn't my game. You commerce casino a lot? I play at Ocean's. Okay. Which is close to my house. Yeah. Games went to shit. I started playing at HG, okay. Hawaiian Gardens. The we games don't fuck co- around the, down there. The dude. games. Simone's will smash you down there. <laughs> dude, the only time in my life I thought I was going to get killed was there. Dude, yeah. people don't know how sketchy Hawaiian Gardens It's butted is. up against <laughs> ganglands. It's like the gnarliest part of Southern dude, California. It's it like, Compton ain't shit dude, compared to HG. It's ge- and you got some big Samoan dudes and some big, you know. I, it's a salad bowl. Everything's dude. in there. Yeah. 
Oh, that's crazy. So the poker, uh, there's this thing called poker tracker where you track your poker hours. It tells you what you're making an hour. Yeah. You got, it, poker's like anything else. You got to treat it like a job. And if you go in and you work a hundred hours, you got to realize my hourly expectation is 28 bucks an hour, 31 bucks an hour, which is like what mine was. And I just watched it get lopped down to like $9, $7, $6.50, like over, you know, 200 hours of play. Yeah. Maybe I was playing like shit. I just think that as the economy tightened up, people just didn't have $100 bills to blowtorch anymore. Yeah. So I had to do something. That's when I started the small boat charter thing and I would take one person. I had a 17-foot Arima, which wasn't like a real charter boat. Yeah. <laughs> and I would take one person fishing for sea bass. Nice. Only on the coast. There was no such thing as local tuna then. Okay. That was like... From 2010 to 2013, it was like in the bowels of like horrible fishing. Yeah. And it was only sea bass. So I did these nighttime sea bass trips. I charged three ninety a person. Nice. And uh, I got super lucky. I found some squid along the coast and I had limits nine trips in a row. Of those nine, nine trips, seven of them still come out same date. At end of June through like beginning of July. No way. Yeah. That's awesome. 2013. So that's kind of how it started. Yeah. And then, like I said, I was ready to leave Western Outdoors. I had the one charter season under my belt with the small boat. Did you do the magazine before you left? Or did you kind of have it all set up? No, I wanted to be semi-respectful and like wait at least six months until after I left before I started doing anything magazining. So the idea was hatched. I was talking about it, but it wasn't like that wasn't a sure surefire thing that I was going to do that. Okay. So I bought a Parker. I had the first twenty three twenty Parker charter boat in Southern California. Now wow. there's like nine hundred and twelve. <laughs> <laughs> definitely not the first guy to do it that was jamie bad props to jamie at seasons you know okay. he was the first guy to like identify like hey i can do this here and even though he wasn't running a ton in, in those days or whatever he was the first guy to do it rewinding to my own background my grandparents retired in the florida keys where fishing is just huge and there's a ton of these small boat charters and so i had a history of doing that three times a week on my vacation with my grandfather mm -hmm. huge influence um, so I saw kind of how that worked down there and how it could play here as well. Damn. And there's other people doing it at the time, like uh, Barry Breitenberg was like, he did it for a couple seasons and stuff. Small boat charge is just a lot of fucking work, man. It's really hard. But you found to out to do it right to run 200 days a year. <sighs> and if you don't, if you're not running 130 days a year, you ain't even got a business. You know what I mean? It takes a lot. But you figured it out before everyone else did. Cause now how many boats do you have? I have five. So I don't think anyone Four else in has service. that, right? No. I mean, anyone's parents could buy them five boats or three boats or two boats, <laughs> right? I bought all my boats myself with my own cash and like my boats run and we'll end up running almost 400 trips this year. Yeah. I thought we were going to hit 400, but we had weather early Dude. and just like looking at how it's playing out. Like I, that, that's my goal. Last year, I wanted to run more trips than there were days in the year. And we did that. I wanted to hit 400 this year. I don't think we're going to get there, but whatever. It's cool too to... um Here's some of the captains yet. I mean, we had Alec on here. You know, it's cool to hear it's about bitching. some of the dudes that. So, who 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 are some of the captains you had? Yeah, on the, your boat? the lineage. I, I, yeah, lineage is like awesome. It's pretty cool because I want to see people. I love fishing, and I really love sea bass fishing. Mm -hmm. I like bluefin fishing, but I don't have the emotional connection to that fish like I do to sea bass, right? But at this point in my life, like the business end of things interests me the most. And watching other people kind of come up and get really good and like see how tough they are and like can they pull this off and yeah. give them a playbook and like can they push it through? <laughs> so in two thousand fifth in two thousand fourteen I ran two hundred and fifty seven trips. Damn, dude! I used to run. I'd go from six p.m. to two a.m. This is when there's only sea bass. Mm -hmm. I'd go from six p.m. to two a.m. and get my next group at three in the morning or like two thirty if they're really biting. Like I'd get in at two in the morning. The next group would be waiting for me. Dude. And I would do this every Weekdays. every Friday, Saturday, oh, Sunday, Friday, Saturday, when, Saturday. and when oh I could God. during the week. But that's when people can fish on the weekends. You know, it was gnarly. I paid my boat off in three and a half years and Dude, just like wild. really went with it. Yeah. But to answer your question, that was the year that I realized like if it's just one person in one boat, this isn't a business. This is a really expensive job with yeah. a lot of liability because yeah. a lot can go wrong. And when you're collecting twelve hundred bucks a trip or sixteen fifty or eighteen, whatever, it feels like, whoa, this is like a lot of money. But guess what? It's not. When you pay insurance and pay everything you gotta pay, like there's not that much money left on the table. Yeah. So I realized like I gotta kinda like get another boat because I'm turning people away. I bought a twenty three foot maritime with a partner, Mark Levine. He owns a small boat charter company too, but he takes like tourists, like calico bass fishing. If you Google 
fishing in Dana Point. Mm-hmm. He comes up, he spends money on Google AdWords, all the stuff that like sounds like the jobbiest of a job to me. <laughs> he does all of it, and he's really good at it. Yeah, we bought a Maritime together. Uh, we bought it for twenty four grand, so it was twelve grand each, which is not was not a lot of money. He mm-hmm. was super good at fabrication. We split it and we had it on like child custody schedule. So essentially, I'd have it like every other Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Child custody. And this, and this was the year that the big bluefin started like biting at the forty three. So we'd take that thing out there and go for it. You guys shared the, numbers. He didn't do a lot of that. No, too much. And he was he knows how uh, secretive I am of the sea bass thing. And I told him straight up, like, dude, if your guys and like everyone starts kind of like follow the boat down and like get weird with sea bass, there's gonna be like colossal issues, you know. And he was pretty respectful of that That's and good. cool um so the first captain i had i had two guys the first year i had uh reynolds justin reynolds yeah and he kind of split his time between working on there and working on bongos mm-hmm. and then i had uh james lega who started out as a client which probably is like an untraditional way to go like do you want to turn one of your customers into a captain but i'm like of all the people who came out who asked the right questions who wanted to learn the most who like came out with me two times and then like caught them on their own and like always told me and like kind of like waved me in which was super fucking cool which no one does uh and he was one of them so from there i had that boat and then i was like all right well i need like another parker i have to clone my parker into another one so i bought a new parker in 2017 and then I was like, this is really nice having a new boat. So I sold the original Parker, which was a 2013. It wasn't that much older. Yeah. And then I got another one. I still had the Maritime. Um, and that's kind of the lineage of boats. And then I just bought a 28-foot Parker for my buddy Tim, which is like pretty much the coolest thing. Like the thing that gave me the most gratitude was I used to fish with him a lot. I fished with him a lot in like 2009. Some mm-hmm. of the best. I'll never forget July 5th or 6th, 2009. My grandfather died on Fourth of July. Mm-hmm. It was the, the he was the dude who I like fished with the most and like was like a real fisherman. Um, Your dad was he a fisherman? My too? dad was into fishing, but he kind of like grew out of it a little bit. That's why he didn't like he never came out on the boat when yeah. I worked or whatever, yeah. you know. But he did it when I was a kid. This is the thing about growing up. I never ever remember going, Dad, can we go fishing? He never said no. Yeah, and I try to do that with my own kids. Problem is, I got three. He had one. <laughs> <laughs> Big difference. right? Big difference. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> Anyways, so I lost my train of thought. He, he passed away. Your, your oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. 2009. Tim, the guy that owned this Parker, was like, hey, dude, we're going fishing. It had been really good coastal sea bass fishing. We're, we're going to go on, uh, like, we're going to leave in the morning. Do you want to go? I'm like, fuck, dude. My grandfather just died. I'm like, not feeling it. I'd feel really selfish if I went fishing. I yeah. should be like morning. And I'll never forget, he, he lost his mom when he was young. And he's like, dude, your grandfather would want you to go on this trip. Yeah. I went, we didn't catch anything in the morning. Classic sea bass stuff. The current starts going the right way. Full on ripper, dude. We got, there was four of us. So we got 12 fish, like limits of sea bass. I'm on his boat, which was like four years old at the time. 28 foot Parker. It's like a $200,000 boat, you know? Mm -hmm. I had worked at the newspaper for four or five years. I'm not making enough money. I'm never going to have a boat like this. I remember thinking to myself like, this boat is sick. I would love to have this someday. I love fishing here, you know? And then fast forward 10 years, I bought his boat from him cash and I just ran my first trip on it like two days ago. Awesome. Little shit like that in life, man. And you should be no, proud of that. Of it's a big deal. Yeah. That's a big deal. Yeah. So that's the, that's the other boat I have. And I actually have a Grady white, which is a whole nother story. Like it kind of like fell in my lap. Uh, we do a, a charter on the Royal star, long range boat. Uh, bite, bite reader was pretty much like, I have this boat. I put my heart and soul into it, um, and I want you to have it. Dude, I'm not going to just take your boat. You yeah. Know? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. 
So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. It's like, what, what kind of boat is it? <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask you a question. <laughs> it's a 23-foot Grady. It, the pilot house got done by John Anders, who's like the best craftsman in Southern California when it comes to boats. Mm-hmm. Um, I went up to his house in El Segundo, looked at it. I was like, this is the coolest 23-foot boat. It fucking dunks on Parker. Really? It is an incredible riding boat. He rigged it out perfect for overnight trips. He used to do three-day trips to the island with his wife. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Parker boats. They spend money on the av- on advertising, the whole thing. But like, this is the best overnight boat you could possibly okay. have. So I got that two months ago. I don't run charters on it. I just kind of like did little shakedowns and got it moving. And I was, it wasn't in a spot where I was ready to like do full-on charters on it. But... Uh, Got it all tuned up and the thing's bitching, dude. You got to check it out. Yeah, it's been, Have you been you've been fishing it a little? I've taken it out like four times. <clears throat> really? It's pretty cool. Wow. Yeah. Custom so the, pilot house sleeps four people. Wow. Has a little like uh, propane stove and grill. It has e- anything you could think about if you're like an overnight sea yeah, bass guy. Yeah. He's like the total guy who like read Mark Wish's book 25 years ago, and Wish and Anders are like super buds. Mm-hmm. And so this boat was kind of like created in that like in the gray book era that we were talking about earlier yeah let's talk about that a little too so like i said i'm pretty noob to a lot of this stuff so i hear things from people and that was one of the books that i heard about and you know you kind of uh yeah you kind of play on that a little bit i mean you're pretty big sea bass guy yeah you know i mean i wrote three books on saltwater fishing that was my kind of like side thing when i worked at the newspaper to Uh have something else but I never had like GPS numbers or where to, and it was like kind of heavy how to, which is different from the person I am now because there's no where to or how to in the in the bite. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wish is like the like really good sea bass guy from forever ago, and the first thing to kind of make waves in the Southern California landscape of like quote giving everything away was in the gray, and it's just a total guidebook to Catalina. But it's the classic thing where. That book can tell you like where the spots are, but if you don't have like the proper current and you don't know how to adjust accordingly, it's really kind of, I don't want to say worthless, but like. So it's almost like buying the Navionics app or buying somewhat nowadays. Yeah. Well, Navionics app is going to get you there, but it's not going to tell you where to go when you get there. The Wishes book was like 500 GPS numbers to like the most sacred place (laughs) before there was internet. So it this was is like really different. The bomb on fucking Instagram, bro. At the time, uh. it was it's like <laughs> multiply that times a hundred. You know, he so got a lot of shit then. For he that, still does. Yeah, he got a ton of shit about it, but he kind of like didn't give a fuck. Obviously, you know, yeah. and he wanted to be the man and kind of like have his own thing. And but yeah, no, that that book like changed everything. What but year like, was that? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Nine mid nineties. The best fisherman in Southern California is Alan Watson. He runs the Dreamer six pack. Mm-hmm. People, people pigeonhole him as like the sea bass guy and like the, cause he's really good at everything. But Watson says like before that book came out, like I wouldn't see people in certain spots. And then it came out and like all of a sudden, That's- like there's people sitting at spots I never saw him before. So it made it hard for de- him to navigate in his own landscape, wish fished with him a ton. And he learned a lot just by kind of like osmosis on Watson's boat. So if it fucked anyone up, it was him. Really? Yeah, for sure. Because he gave those spots out, you think? He gave and... the spots out, and that was his kind of like little flower garden, you know? So when he when he made that book, it kind of screwed him over. His spots, at least. Um, now... uh, yeah, it made things tougher. Like, I, I yeah. interviewed Watson in the bite. Oh, did uh, you? Q&A. Yeah. What episode is that if someone wanted to? Can you get it back episodes? Uh, back, back issue? Uh, back issue? Uh, yeah, I think it was like two two 2.2 or something like that. It's got a uh, blue cover. Okay. Blue cover one. And uh, he talks he just, about it then, huh? He does. Watson's <laughs> got no filter either. I mean, if you wanted like an old school guest, there would be nothing, no one better. He's from he's from Long Beach. He's like Dude. 70 now. He's in like his like 11th issuance of his license or something to get your captain's license every five years. Yeah. Uh, he would do it. Dude. He'd sit in here and drink like drink a little whiskey and have some Benson and Hedges. Fuck it. <laughs> that's, For, that's the thing that's like, I, I love hearing about dudes... I've been doing it forever. Me too. Uh, I love hearing about like the best Seacrest and cause I'm, I always relate right. to Calico Bass cause yeah, that's yeah. what I, yeah. but anything new or like they did at the time that, you know, 50, 60, 70s. There's very few people. This is the thing. 
people always like to say like the best. Oh, you're, this person's the best or whatever. There's very few people in the landscape and the culture of Southern California fishing where you can go be like, Watson's the best sea bass fisherman. And everyone just kind of like nod their head. Yeah. No one's going to step to that, yeah. you know? So anyways, it just made things kind of like harder for him. And when I interviewed him for the bite, he said like, I realized things had changed when I woke up one morning and there was like 30 boats anchored up outside oh of me. God, dude, so, that would be such... And that's kind of what we talked about with Dwayne too. It's like, you guys do this for a living. When, when you see another dude come up and it, maybe he's coming up off of the boat, right. etiquette. Yeah. What's what's say if someone's coming up? What do you think is far enough to stay away from you? Like, are, are you know they might be going to the same spot, which happens. Say I'm going right. to Isers or wherever it might uh, be. It's, you know, it, that's a really, really, really good question, and mm-hmm. you're definitely going to get like really different answers from everyone. So it depends on the context of the type of fishing that you're doing, and if you know the guy. Okay. Right. Yeah. And people are like, I never upswell other boats, and like, don't look for boats. I ain't got no pride. If it's a tough trip and like, I know like Gavin's out Pacific queen or something. And like, obviously he's been busy all morning. Yeah. I'll cruise up to him and be like, dude, I'm having like a tough one. Can I like post up here? Yeah. I've never done that before, but I don't have so much pride that I wouldn't do it. But at you know the what same I mean? time, you're, I don't think it's a pride thing. It's you're running a business. It's you got to make and, your customers happy and, and, and take you, care and of they them. They got to understand that now, if it's just a dude, like Cl- closeness, closeness, the in the squid world, commercial squid fishing, it's an eighth of a mile. If you get within someone's eighth of a mile ring, it could be like two people are like really close, like God and Jesus. Like <laughs> hell is gonna pay. <laughs> so that's my rule too. Like give me an eighth. Of, if you got to come down the kelp, kelp kelp line and do something cool, I do mean a big o- offshore, yeah. offshore. I don't know, dude. I mean, I'm different because I'm so like sea bass centric, and that's the only thing that I have this like connection to. Everything else offshore, but like if someone poaches me up way up swell, half a mile, I'm just like whatever. You know what I mean? But sea bass is a different story because of the being. You got to. I heard you to be quiet. It's like a whole lot of this, stuff. I don't, do you want to have a ten minute sea bass conversation? Yeah, bet. I don't know anything about it, so it's great to hear information. So, this is the thing. A lot of people say like sea bass are gay, they're, like they're <laughs> dumb. It's catfishing. Translation: You fucking can't catch them unless it's in the bait grounds. That's the deal. That's like the, my brass tacks yeah. with sea bass. And there hasn't been bait grounds fishing down south here. Bait grounds is when squid bunches up and like spawns yeah. since 2014, right? Mm-hmm. So it's kind of been a relatively uncrowded landscape if you can keep it that way. Sea bass are different because they might as well be five different fish. And mm-hmm. there's nothing else in California that act five different ways. Granted, you can fish bluefin. It has to be like meter marks, breezers, shiners, fill in the blank and all these fancy mm-hmm. terms. Sea bass... There's that red crab thing at Santa Cruz Island. That's new in the last couple of years. Uh-huh. Totally different. There's the style of fishing that I do on the coast now, which is like mostly fin bait, using different techniques and like fishing in the kelp, squid ground stuff, open water bird schools, Catalina, like three fathom beaches, and then like Channel Islands, where Wes is right now, mm-hmm. Santa Rosa, deep water, 90 feet of water, squid on the bottom, dropper loop, which is people's definitions, you know? So it depends where you're at. If you're at Rosa and it's 100 feet of water and it's on the bottom, you don't have to be quiet. You can do whatever. You want to catch 65 pounders on the coast and like hook them underneath your toes? Quiet. Fucking lockdown tight, quiet. There can even be like a lot of other boats making noises and stuff like that. Shit. Yeah. It's, uh, I have a skewed perspective. It's the ultimate game fish in Southern <laughs> California. And you it's think like, that, oh, that's like your... I, in my, to me, in my heart of yeah. hearts, yes. A lot of people won't think that because they haven't fished them a lot the last couple of years because there's been bluefin and like more offshore fishing. And it's difficult to do locally, right? Yeah. And yeah. sea bass is different because all your visual, all your cues aren't above the surface like bluefin. It's all below the surface, which way the current's going, where the kelp is. Have I mapped out this kelp line properly so that when it's smoking downhill current, my lines are going to sit just perfect so that A, I can hook them and they're not going to get me in the kelp. And that's like been my sauce. I mean, since I started the business, but the last year we had squid was 2014. When I started it, people were like, dude, you can't start a business around coastal sea bass. Bradley Phillips, who owned the first string, like really good local fisherman out of Dana Point, ran the prowler. He was the upper echelon of overnight boat captains out of san diego and uh he's like dude you can't start a sea bass business if there's no squid around it'll never work out you know other buds were like behind my back not, not that i'd be grudging for it but just like dude there's all this bluefin around like brandon's blowing it why is he fishing sea bass because you don't have to burn any fuel it's a niche market that i have a stranglehold on when people call and say like it's kind of expensive to go on these trips i say if you can find anyone else in this landscape who catches them as well i'll give you a free trip yeah just show, one other person. I will like 
match their price of zero. Never. <laughs> it's not because there isn't talented fishermen. It's just the last four years, no one's put the work in that it requires to kind of catch this fish, you know? Yeah. And you have. I have. I've tried. Yeah. But then other things happen. Like this year, there's been no coastal fish at all because there's there was no kelp early season. So everything's yeah. been at the islands. But on the flip, it's the biggest island fish we've ever caught, like a lot of 50-pounders, and we had a beautiful Damn. spring on them. Yeah. If you like bass fishing and you're like technical, come out sometime, dude, yeah, because it's pretty yeah. neat, man. You anchor up on a little beach at Catalina in three fathoms, or like you fish along fill-in-the-blank section of coast. <laughs> it's a Don't pretty, give it away, it's a, bro. It's a pretty special fish, you know? So Definitely. Yeah. And it's cool to see you break a, uh, a person that breaks a fish down. You know what I'm saying? Totally. I, that's what I respect is like someone that actually goes, "This is what I love. I'm mm-hmm. gonna, I'm gonna learn everything I can about this one thing," you know. And that's what I, you I, did, right? I mean, totally. Just- I I love bluefin fishing, and I mean, the last couple of years there's been no other operations that's caught as many big bluefin as us either. Grand, I have more boats and everything, mm-hmm. but like, can do that just fine, right? But I don't feel the connection to that fish. Like that feels like different to me. That's just me. Yeah. And I think it's because of just like growing up fishing largemouth bass and anchor fishing with crawdads and everything. That's like <laughs> what I grew up doing. And yeah. so I have, I love that fucking style of fishing. And it's you think the, it just helped the best. a lot, the largemouth maybe kind of like finesse. Immensely. Yeah. Yeah. Really. Absolutely. Who uh, took you, did, did someone take you under their wing? For largemouth bass? No, just for the white sea bass when you kind of had the idea, did you kind of like... You know, itch someone's brain a little. Who was that? It guy? was easy fishing when I first started, and okay. there was a lot of people that that did it. And I fished with a lot of buds. I fished with Greg Trompas a lot. I fished with my buddy Tim, who had the Parker. I never wanted to be a private boat owner. It wasn't like because I grew up working on sport boats and skiffs yeah. were just these things that yeah. kind of like got in the way. And like, why would I want to go bash my brains out? And like, I want to like sleep in a bunk and do the whole and thing. When you that say wasn't skiff, me. you're you're talking about a twenty five foot. Totally, exactly, okay, yeah. small boat. So, but when I was fishing, well, there's with those two guys, definitions. I feel like this day there's 25 and there's a 17. Thank you. Yeah. Well, right? when when your brain is plumbed around sport boats, still <laughs> everything's just a skiff. You know. <laughs> um, it was squid grounds fishing, so it was different then. And when things changed, and it went to like, there's no squid around. You got to fish mackerel on them, or make squid at the island and bring it in. That's when I really like figured it out on my own. In a lot of ways. And you'll use now uh, locally. We use lure ever for for uh strict strictly lure like uh for white sea bass not really no they have to be pretty frothed up to catch them on a surface iron like there's no one out there who's caught more than five sea bass on the surface iron it's like an incidental very boutique thing yeah i've caught two on it wow yeah that's pretty cool though yeah (laughs) that's the best but they eat the hell out of that hookup bait thing up north yeah that's what i heard man hookup baits for the win yeah (laughs) and now uh over the years you've been doing this forever when Instagram kind of came really relevant in, in the last, what, four years? Yeah, I'd okay. say so. Yeah, yeah. So uh, how did things change with... Um, well, it started as f- with Facebook. Actually, Facebook, started with really? MySpace, even though MySpace. There, was, there wasn't like <laughs> fishing on MySpace. Remember when there was MySpace? Yeah, like, yeah. Get yeah. MySpace. <laughs> what was the other one that... The, um, oh, God. Instant Message kind of was like... Oh, yeah, AOL. Yeah, yeah. AOL Instant Messenger. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Then there's MySpace. Yeah. But Facebook was when, like, you realize, like, whoa, like, everyone's seeing what I'm putting up here. And we're all kind of, like, the posting at Dex, the same time. Kind of the same thing. Bloody Dex was the, bloody, here's the thing, is, like, social media is the internet now, right? Instagram, Facebook, yeah. whatever. That, like, that is the definition of the internet now. That's what drives people to your website. Whereas before, it was forums, Right, it started out as All Coast, and mm-hmm. then Bloody Dex. Bloody Dex tried to kind of flip the script and like become an online magazine, right? Yeah, and they have, still have the forums. So yeah, just the the matriculation of internet in general is pretty much just like entirely fucked up fishing. Mm. <laughs> if you've been around for a while, like yeah, if you ask people that've yeah. been around for thirty years, like they would just immediately be like, "The internet ruined fishing," and the same guys like still don't even have an email. Like my buddy G Paul that runs a squid boat, like, like that'd be the first thing that he says. So when you say fucked it up, maybe like people didn't put the time in when they need to do or just everything. I mean, just look at the name of it. Insta. Everyone thinks just because you put something up, it's instantaneous. And then their knee jerk is to react to that, you know, but it's a double edged sword though. I mean, to answer your question, it started out with Facebook and Facebook was a big driver of my business. And then once they started doing like Facebook sponsored posts, like if you want people to see your business page, you had to sponsor it. I'd throw 20 bucks at that thing and just like fill three open party trips, no problem. In like 2015, when I got the red boat. Uh, No, 2000. 
that was two, was it 15 or 16? That was 2016. 2015 was the, the big El Nino year. Mm-hmm. And people were like, there's going to be no sea bass. There's not going to be anything around because they don't like hot water. I just played into everyone's narrative and I didn't post a picture from April till July. And then at the end of July, I was like, check me out. Here's all the fish we caught. If you want to come out, like I'm booking for next year. Smart. It was a great season. Yeah. No one, I had like one instance where like other boats kind of found out and came and anchored on me. Otherwise I just had the whole thing to myself. Because no one was fishing. No one was even trying. No one was even trying. That's cool. People say they hate sea bass and it's stupid, but as soon as you like hold up 55, 65 pound fish in California, like all of a sudden it's not so gay, right? (laughs) Anyways, but Instagram, I mean, that's like in the last three years, it just turned into that's mm. the platform. And you're also getting a different demographic of people in all manners. So, yeah, it's changed a lot. I mean, I begrudge it, but it's also the driving force behind my business when I want to fill open party trips. And when you have four boats running, it's not like one boat, like I was talking about in 2015, it was just me. So you need something to market and no one ever booked any trips, not telling anyone. And if you want to book multiple boats and not just be one person, one operator and book in the fall and get your 150 days or whatever you want, you got to do something. So that's what we all do. We just all have a different way about go abouting it. And I almost feel bad for people who see you post and then like say like, oh, I want to go on the next trip. But it's like, dude, that didn't happen today. No, yeah. That's how we all do it. (laughs) You can't, right? You can't. You just can't. I mean, you can with like, I don't know. I'm really loose with tuna. And that's not to take anything away from it. It's just because I'm so tight with sea bass. Like the fact that I can go fishing on the last trip and like have Kathy and get in that night and post a 130 pounder. It's no secret they're biting. I mean, all the that's old day boats, so everyone's like, catching them. So like with tuna, and they might move, right? I they're going to move colossally. And will sea bass move a lot, depending? Yeah, not really. They're kind of really? there. So when you find a sea bass bite, it's like, okay. I found a good one. If a school washes into the coast, which n- didn't happen this year, yeah. but like the last two years, my cherries got popped like super hard. It's really hard when you're like by yourself for a few days and then one person rolls up and then another person rolls up and you're like, oh my God, not this guy. And then the next day there's 13 boats and your customer. Oh, and, and your customer. Hold on. Not this guy. So there's one. Yeah. So you'll have, you'll know like, oh, this is going to get spread like wildfire. Oh, there's certain people who are just colossally bad news in your yeah. landscape. Yeah. So it's because they have, it's, it's, this is, it's like I said before the show, it's different for them because they it's not a business to them. It's a business to me. And when my trip gets tough and I get to look at guys and be like, sorry, those three guys anchored up on us or there's a bunch of noise. We didn't catch them for them. They're just going fishing and they want to share with their friends. Like, Oh my God, like this guy, even if they don't know who you are, this guy below me just caught like three huge fish, you know? And like everyone comes down. Yeah. And it's tough too when it's like, why should everyone have to adopt to the lens that I have and the way that I look at things? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? No, I get it. And we all have different rules and we all have different ways of looking at things. And it's like hard when you expect other people to play into that. My thing is like, if you're the first one there, you got to respect the guy that was there before you, both in the charter landscape. That's why I give Jamie props. And, and, on, the and, on, and on the bites. Who start, this is my question always. Who was the first guy here who started this bite? because I hate showing up like on someone else's stuff, but at least be like, Hey dude, thank you. I'll keep it on the down low. And if it's too much, will you, so say you pulled up. So say someone's on the bite already. Okay. Uh, will you pulled up and then will you kind of like, if you like, okay, I know that boat. Hey, Hey bro. Sea bass or tuna. Let's say sea bass. That never happens. Cause you're usually the guy there already. Usually. But this <laughs> is a good example though. Sea bass fishing has been horrible on the coast and Catalina's like not really, it's, good enough fishing to go with your buddies but not good enough to go on with a charter group mm-hmm. it's two different things yeah best sea bass fishing this year is in ventura oxnard mm-hmm. we got to move the boat and we got to like make it work here to like round out the next three weeks of the season so we brought the boat up there started running out of ventura sport fishing i have friends that live up there that run sport boats and i just like told them like hey dude like i'm not trying to step on you here but i got to do something to like kind of like save the end of season biz and we're coming up is that cool no problem Etiquette. Etiquette. It's just like when I started my charter business, dude, I called the people that mattered. I like called Decker. I was like, hey, dude, just so you know, like, I'm going to like make a play at this. Here's the deal. And Decker's like, fish for calico bass and like (laughs) pump pump concrete. Why? I don't give a shit. You know what I mean? But you got to respect the people that were there before you. And that's kind of part of the problem. And when you're new onto the landscape and you kind of like act like you're like cracking the code and putting stuff out there that like people were doing before you, that's when there's speed wobbles. Yeah. 
I could I could see that. It's hard to understand <sighs> for a lot of people because they don't look at it that way. Definitely, and that's why I like hearing the different perspective. Is like, yep. uh, if I was a business owner, I'd be like, everyone's gonna follow that one dude that's kind of doing it. Totally, you know, what that's I'm capitalism. Yeah, yeah, and so it makes sense to like see like a to hear listen what you're talking about makes complete sense. Yeah, but yeah, I don't know. It's a it's a hard subject. <laughs> Because there's no like hard line and it's, it's just hard difficult. because you want to, you want to make say, Hey guys, it's, I, I'm like that with everything. Let's just, I, I just want everything to be even, right? That's it, even that's all I want. And it's yep. never that way. So I it's, fucking flip out. It, I'm talking maybe fucking driving down the street, you know? And I'm sure I couldn't imagine like having, being on a boat and being like, well, fuck. Have, put it, if you want to like a little glimpse into what it's like, imagine you don't do what you do. Mm-hmm. You're a small, you own a charter boat mm-hmm. and your three kids, your wife doesn't work and you got to support your three kids yeah. off just this. And you've put everything into this and you don't come from any privilege. You didn't get any like loans. Your parents didn't buy you the boats and it's like a real fucking business to you. And you've swam out so far that you can't swim back in. And like, this is your play for life. You'd be kind of like a dick sometimes too. And yeah. I totally am. We all are. Yeah. The guys that have been doing it for a while, everyone's like, pretty rough sometimes when it comes down to it but it just comes down to respect and a little bit of having some like clue and that's kind of like everyone's kind of in their like little lane like so you're kind of like in the the lane of like kind of orange county right somewhat somewhat you don't go down san diego much no i have a boat that runs out of fisherman's landing you do in san diego okay yeah right next to the long range boats and and all that stuff but that's as the business has grown yeah originally it's been years of you growing the business originally i fished from like Newport to Del Mar. And if I went up to Newport, I'd only fish at night. So they'd like never know we were even in there. (laughs) You can, this is another good thing about social media too. Like you can be pretty active on there and see what people are doing and then do your own thing to the point where like people never even see you get in there. Yeah. Right. So if like the Balboa Angling Club, like guys catch fish. Really really good lurker then, huh? Hell yeah. And they, (laughs) and they bite three times better at night half the time. You're lurking on Instagram saying, it, what are these fuckers doing? Totally. And it, you know, I don't care who you are. It feels good to pull fruit off someone else's tree. <laughs> Just kind of condescending, but it's the truth. But it's true. Like, yeah, I mean, if you see something good happening and, and older guys, I feel like sometimes they go, I don't give a fuck. You know, I don't give a shit, you know, right. sometimes. But we're we're in a social media age. Like, you know, you got to put out content. You got to put out. It's not going anywhere. And that's just how you do business and. If it ever got down to the point where like someday I just woke up and I was like, I just want one boat, my five people, I'm going to run my 150 days and that's the end of it. I would just go back to how it was in 2015, but I'm 39 years old and like my body can't hold up to this. Like Dwayne and I talk about this all the time. Like we're 40. We can't do this forever. No, It's dude. high tide in the fishing industry. So yeah. Let's fucking do this. Yeah. So you've seen it like the fishing industry kind of just make a big uphill. Huge. Yeah. Massive. In the last, what, like two or three years, right? Yeah, post-El Nino. Yeah. 2014 wasn't truly called an El Nino, but that was the best fishing for the industry. Um, Close yellowfin tuna, like everything. Kind of, That's when there was this kind of shift, you know? Mm-hmm. And the thing with the fishing industry, and I have insight into this because of the magazine and the charter thing. Which is cool. It's different. <laughs> because it's, you can see the ads, you can see everything it's, change. Yeah, because I, I sell advertising <laughs> for a print publication, which isn't the easiest thing. Yeah. But I know a lot of people in the industry from when I worked at Western Outdoors and before. Like when I started working there, like oh, that kid that worked on the producer, that kid that worked on the first string or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I've just seen how things have changed so much. And it was a perfect confluence of events. El Nino, building economy, and a younger demographic that got into fishing and it's Southern California. So a lot of people just are going to like send their kids on boats or buy them boats or whatever, propping up the fishing landscape mm-hmm. and the older demographic, which is the people who infuse money into the fishing industry are getting older. So they can't pop up on a surfboard anymore and they want to like craft beers are big. So they want to drink craft beers with their buddies and spend time on a boat and it's farm to table and they want to bring fish home. Ding, 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 yep. ding, ding. Everything was perfect. Yeah. Everything has been perfect the last four years. And what we all say is like, things are going to change. It's going to get, you know, like the people who have fished for a long time are like secretly hoping for this, like <laughs> shit the bed to happen where fishing gets tough again. And there's going to be, you a know, ha- the best shirt is a lateral vision made make fishing lame again. God bless. 
there'll be a huge hangover. And if you don't have existing clientele that are going to like ride it out with you at the islands of fish, calico bass and yellowtail, you're going to go broke. Yeah. Um, and then we'll get back into our lanes and, and see where things are at. But this will not last forever. No, of course not. It will not last forever. It goes forever. up and it's like anything else. Like anything. Popular. I remember when punk rock was like popular, really popular, like in 97, okay. you know, big punk shows. Yep. Warp Tour is at, I'm going to say probably 2000 was at the biggest sure. it could be. And now it's kind of like punk is like, oh, whatever. You know, like right. it's not, you don't see but it. But the people know punk, know what punk is. Yes. And like no one knows who fucking some 41 hey, is hey, anymore. You see 45 year old dudes at punk shows now all the time, you know, or something like that. You know, like you go to, I go to old punk shows. It's like you, you used to see like a big, you know, 14 year old kid and a 40 year old guy. Now you just see old guys. Really? But it's like, Interesting. But it's like, it's like fishing. Yeah. I think it's like, like when I first started was 2010 and. I would tell. I told my wife I would connect with some of the older grandpas. They wouldn't, or the dads. I was younger. Yep. I was two twenty two when I had my kid, so I was younger. So I would talk to the dads at twenty six, sure. twenty nine, into fishing. And I'd go, "Hey, you guys like fishing?" They'd be fifty five, and I'd be like twenty something, you know. And then we'd talk about fishing. It's like a good connection. Dude, like this you is could the be thing about age, fishing. You know? It, it's a solid ground amongst, amongst people. It's mm-hmm. just like the story when I was telling when I first opened up, I'm 14, 15 years old fishing with somebody in their late 20s because fishing just brings people together. And it's just been different the last few years because it also like kind of drives an anvil between people as well. Just horrible. Yeah. Sucks. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's just is what it is. Like, you I mean, people are, are going to be a certain way. and It's because you're trying to take something that's very public and trying to make it private and kind of your own. Yeah. That's how it is. That's <laughs> you, like being real about it. And no, know? I agree 100%. Yeah. I mean, it's... It's not even on the business front, too. It's like it goes, like, cascades all the way down <laughs> to, like, the kids that are in, like, junior high. Like, God damn it, why'd you post the picture from our Ninja Park Lake thing? <laughs> I'm going to I'm gonna beat you tomorrow. Dude, it, like, I got shit for posting. There's a, there's a lake by my house, and this is a while ago, and some dude's like, oh, I caught this big bass. You could see what fucking lake it was. I'm like, oh, right by my house, blah, 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 lake. Yeah. Fucking, I got like five messages. Thanks for blowing it up, bro. I'm like, totally. Are you fucking kidding me, man? Come on, I you know, know. Like, I know. I and know. it's just I, that's just the time, the the times, you know. I know. But how about uh? Do you have you had any like a uh, crazy boat like incident? Oh, like like weather type stuff. Weather, uh, hmm. dropping boats off trailers. <laughs> no, okay. Well, everyone's got <laughs> motors one. going everyone's, out. Everyone's got one. I mean, you're going to lose your lower end between like two thousand and three thousand hours. So once your engine's there, I mean, I have like the business has like twelve thousand hours on Yamaha engines, and I've only lost two lower ends so far. Uh-huh. That's pretty good. Yeah, but you just have to be braced for that. This is my thing on everything. Not to get off track. If you realize disaster's right around the corner, you're always ready for it. And then when it happens, you're just like, Toe whatever. Toe I, I was braced for this. Part of this comes from losing your father as well. You know yeah. what I mean? Like when I get that call someday or whatever happens, like this is your deal. It's going to be like, it's a good run. I'm going to do what I got to do at the end here. But it's like, fuck, man, I live life. Crazy boating stuff. This is another thing. Like the internet has made it so weather apps are so locked down tight. There's no surprises anymore. Yeah. That 2015 season, that's when it was full-on El Nino, south swell, just like pretty much like Hawaii came to Southern California. Oceanside Harbor Mouth is just fucking silted in, dude. It's just like breaking in front of that thing uh-huh. to the point where like on Fish Dope, it's just like big red letters like, do not try to leave Oceanside <laughs> Harbor. It's you know, warning. Uh. And like the guys that have their boats are just like... I'm what am I supposed to do? You know what yeah. I mean? But it was pretty heavy. So you'd watch it, time the sets, punch through it, and everything would usually be okay. Oh, no way. You had to time the sets and everything. It was a lot, dude. The- it was endless south oh, swell that man. year. There was there was always like two hurricanes down below. El Nino, hot water. Yeah. Hurricanes feed off hot water. Long story longer, a dad booked booked a trip, and he's like, fuck, guy's got money. You know, like from, he's from, like, from Newport, and like he could give a shit about the fucking 1500 bucks. Yeah. It's like, I can't make it. I have a meeting, but I'm going to send my kid and his son. So like two like 20-year-olds come down. I'm going to go on a $1,500 fishing trip. Get our bait. And like, it's kind of like, this is like the perfect direction. Like, all right, watch two go through. Like we sat there for 20 minutes. All right, they're like four-wave sets. All right, fuck it. We're going for it. Sneaker set comes in. I just told this story to Brian yesterday, who okay. runs the boat. <laughs> Little two-wave set comes in. It's to the point where it's like you just got to punch it. 
fucking thing breaks right on the pulpit. 23-foot Parker. All, luckily, all the windows are closed and everything. It wasn't green water. It's not like spray coming over the side. It's just like straight up breaking wave down the side of us. Fuck, Gunned, it all happened so fast in like three or four seconds. It couldn't like be super haired, but we punched through it. There's like two slams and we're out. I kind of pulled it back and the kids are like, is it always like that here? I'm like, it's Oceanside, dude. Weird shit happens here. <laughs> and in your head, you're like... Fuck it was me. the only time in Bacon all the strips in your pants. Totally, yeah. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I drive around at night all the time. We do all these lobster trips. And yeah. Most of the sea bass stuff we do is at night. Like I have no fear of navigating. Um, that was the one moment where I was like, this slightly is, haired, dude. That's yeah. wild. That's but scary. otherwise, that's it. I mean, there's times you push it, and you when that bluefin's behind Clemente, and it's like breezy and whatever, but never anything because that's just unsafe and that's not how you run a business but so that's what like i that. like hearing from the guys that are captains like you and duane that's what you guys pride yourself on is like being safe like if something's 100%. not some dude you like dude i see some guys in little fucking whalers do some crazy fucking shit crazy dude wild i'd be like dude i want to go to like i want to go to catalina i have a 17 foot with the six yeah i saw it up front and yeah. i'm like ah. I just don't feel it inside. <laughs> I want to go, but I just, I just am like, nah. That I, thing's I, just screaming for like fall when it's like light Santa Anna's exactly, and it's like hot and glassy yeah, and you're just exactly. trimming the whole time. But uh-huh. if there's any sort of Northwest then anything, bug, yeah, don't do yeah, it. Yeah. So I'm like, nah, wait, yeah, I'll wait. wait. And one day I'll do it. But no, I mean, I'd rather just uh, be safe. Yeah. My wife won't kill me either. Exactly. Well, yeah, she still might, but you know. Yeah. She's still going to kill me now, yeah. but <laughs> yeah, it's cool, man. But fucking, I love hearing boat stories too. And your guys never, uh, Wes is pretty, they're all locked down, never had any issues. No, never anything. If they break down, will you go out and get them or just tow boats? Uh, Oh, this is a good one. Reynolds, what happened? Reynolds broke down. It was, this is the first year I had the second boat. So it was like, it's a second boat's kind of like a second kid. Like, it's not like you're doubling it. You're like quadrupling <laughs> it. Your life has changed so much. It's like, you're getting hit and from no both angles. no one knows that, dude. It's no like, no one knows it. And then here comes the third and you're fucked. The third is like having five. It's just a whole other thing. They say the fourth one, if you can hang, is just like the easiest one. I'm but sure. Who wants to do that? Not me. No. No. <laughs> You're talking to but, two guys that have three kids. So <laughs> yeah, the fourth. Yeah. Everyone I know that has a fourth kid is like, just go for them. Like, <laughs> this is funny. I had a guy tell me third kid is a marriage killer. No, that's a fact. Look at divorce <laughs> rates in third kid. Is it a fact? It's a proven fucking fact, dude. <laughs> oh, fuck. Thank it's God a I, proven I, thank fact. Thank God I spread them out so I have my older one watching the baby yeah, in the house. Yeah, I didn't do that. <laughs> Everything's good, but no, that's a fact. It's the, it's the divorce child. Dude. That's what they call it, the fucking divorce child. Dude, I, I understand. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, first year I had the second boat, uh, Reynolds broke down, and James who still works with me now he's a he's a firefighter like a gnarly firefighter like arson investigator carries a gun and like no way he's core dude good guy (laughs) does everything for the business even though he can't like work 50 days a year like i'd like him to like he's down never missed on bluefin last year he's excellent it's like fuck dude reynolds broke down outside the 43 it was like 15 knots of breeze he's like all right i'll take the red boat and go get him he just jumped in the red boat dana point bombed down there picked up the passengers drove him back Fuck, dude. So they didn't have to get towed in. That was the only time it was like some sort of something that kind of raised my hackles a little bit. But otherwise, you know, you just watch Which the is weather. A good, that's a good call, though. To have that second boat made your customers like comfortable because it's like... Totally. They don't got to wait to be towed in. They're like, hey, come jump in. Let's go back. Totally. We're good. No, you know? Absolutely. Good so thing. yeah. Yeah. No, you don't have to push it these days. And once you start running a lot and you have like real customers and clientele, you don't look at it as like a money grab. Like, I got to get this money today. I probably leave a decent amount of money on the table every year. Cause I'll just call people and be like, fishing's tough, especially for sea bass. If it's like uphill current in a place that needs to be downhill and the water's cold, like it doesn't matter and who you are. Truthful. You're not going to catch them. That's totally. like even more, you know, Yep. than just the, the money. It's like, yeah. you're telling me the truth. Oh, I love that. I probably you know? lost five or six clients over the years. Cause I rescheduled them like three times, you know, but what are you going to do? Yeah. But if it works out in the end, they're like, this is the best experience I've ever had. I'm so glad you rescheduled. People are just really results orientated, especially now. Insta, right? So if it works out, you're like the best ever. Yeah. But if it doesn't, it's just like, why did I do that? That's like anything, though. It's right? like anything. Yeah. But fishing takes time and there's no guarantees. And it's just how it is. That's why they call it fishing. That's it. <laughs> um, where can they reach you at? Oh. If uh, you want to book a trip. Yeah, yeah. If you... If you want to do the charter thing, just uh, bitesportfishing.com okay. or bitesportfishing on Instagram. Okay. And yeah. then if they want to check out your magazine. It's the Bite Journal. Okay. And they can get that. Is there some tackle shops local? Every tackle shop has it. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, any kind of like core tackle shop, like yeah. Performance or Hogan's or Fisherman's or wherever what you go. What about they um, online? Can I order it? Like if someone wanted to order it? Yeah, you can get a subscription. So okay. it comes uh, a set of four and issues. And that would be at thebitejournal.com? Yeah, you can just do that online. I didn't do Fred Hall last year. I didn't do Fred Hall the last two years, um, but I'll probably do it again this year. Uh, it was crazy. <laughs> that was my first one, and I was like, eh, it's a little crazy. It's a lot. Imagine working that. Imagine <laughs> working that thing. It's not five days, dude. It's seven days. Dude, I'm like, uh, yeah. I, I'm not. I, that's too much. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. Well, thanks for coming on, bro. I really Fishing. appreciate thanks it. For uh, check out his uh, charter. Uh, get one. That'd be awesome. I'll probably try to get one sooner or later. And check out the magazine. It's a really cool magazine. Thanks again for listening, guys. Thanks, Seth. So.